Hey guys, this is John. And this is Maggie, and welcome to Car Talks. Episode 4. Episode 5. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Car Talks. We are so excited to have our first guest on the podcast today. Nilsson is here with us. He is my brother and one of John's really close friends. So yeah, let's get into it. Hi, Nelson. <laughs> What's up, guys? Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. What an honor to be on one of the first park podcasts of Car Talks ever. Yeah, the first guest. Yeah. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself to everyone, and then we'll jump in. Yeah, for sure. I'm Nielsen, like they said, Maggie's older brother, um, one of John's most beloved friends. And yeah, just graduated college, fresh out. Um I'll be doing a little accounting internship in the summer and then trying to figure out life beyond that, but just kind of hanging out right now. Um, be in Tulsa for a year, the best city in the world, as I like to say, and that's about it. I think y'all have some more questions, though, so maybe we'll uh, get into those John, do you want to say anything before we jump in? Well, I just want to say it is an honor to have Nielsen as our very first guest. Um, Nielsen, again, thank you for doing this. I know you're kind of nervous, but it's fine because... Um, we were nervous too when we first started this podcast. So, okay. So now we have a few questions for you, Nelson, that we have prepared, and let's then we it. will let's hear it. Let's get hear it. in. Okay. Do you want me to ask my five first or something? No, let's alternate between. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, Nelson, my first question for you is: What is your perfect breakfast? Wow. <laughs> we're gonna go there. Okay. Um, perfect breakfast. So I'm a huge breakfast fan. Um, I'll have breakfast for any meal, day or night. I got to be honest with you, perfect breakfast is going to look like, definitely need some eggs. I'm not a huge fan of eggs, but I feel like it's not breakfast if there's not eggs there. Okay, I get that. And so I'm going to go a little scrambled eggs with American cheese. Um, let's have some toast with some jelly, maybe strawberry or blackberry are two of my favorites. I love sugar. And then I like French toast, but... You know, I don't really eat a lot of it um, because I just feel like it's bad for you. And I don't know if I could have okay, a perfect breakfast. Okay, but this breakfast. is your perfect breakfast. I know, but I just, I don't know if if I could fully enjoy it if I knew, man, I'm going to be stuffed all day and feel really bad from this. And okay. so I'll go eggs and toast. Toast is a good substitute. And then, you know, maybe a little bit of coffee. Um, what kind of coffee? <sighs> With breakfast, I kind of like to drink simple coffee, right? So I'll either have it black or maybe black with a little bit of half and half. Maybe they got a little French vanilla creamer. But none of the fancy stuff for breakfast. That's usually late in the afternoon. So a little coffee and some fruit. You know, a nice little fruit bowl. You know how you get at the restaurants, like First Watch, mm -hmm. before it uh, closed down in Tulsa? That's pretty well, sad. Well, it's actually, Is I've it, heard it's the same menu, just, just a, a different new, name. Okay. Well, that's good. It's called Daybreak. I haven't yeah. been to Daybreak yet. But um, also, I have a question. Yeah. Why American cheese over like cheddar? I think that uh, cheddar is good too, but I like American. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I know it's a little basic. Are we talking like the like squares of processed American that you like buy at the grocery Like the craft If ones? this is my perfect breakfast, no. I'm probably okay. having a little bit better like American. Like authentic American. So like the American. true American. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be honest, so I do love those little craft I know squares. we grew up on them. Yeah, we did. We did. Just get them in the fridge and just eat them true. plain. So. They make the best grilled cheeses. They, Don't fight me. They it's do. the best We kind of have to use a few the slices. The craft but. American cheese slices, they make the best grilled cheeses. Interesting. Yeah. Also, mayonnaise. 
I, your, I can't I, go mayonnaise. No, nope, mayonnaise, you. it makes it so I, crispy and good. But this is his idea. I know, I'm sorry. I get that. I get yeah, that. Okay, let's I move. Just, this is I not can't about go mayonnaise. Okay. I can't go John, mayonnaise. John, are we about to fight? <laughs> like, it, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so my question to you, Nielsen, this is going to. We're starting off light. Um, what is your favorite word? What's my favorite are word? Are you texting while being on the podcast? No, I would never. I'm, I'm not a good multitasker. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, my favorite word? Mm hmm. Do people have a favorite word? Yes. Is that a thing? Yes. What's y'all's favorite word? Sovereign. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, you have a favorite word? Honestly, I don't. Oh, well, okay. Okay, okay, let me think. Let me think. That's good. Sovereign's good. We're Christians. Of course we have a favorite word. <laughs> hey, don't speak for what everyone. What is that supposed to mean about I'm Christians? Fine. I'll say... I like the word... It's like he's flatlining. He's dying. Yeah, because this is... No, it's okay. A very hard question. I'm going to say... You know, I, I do like the word effervescent. Oh, wow. So can you explain it to maybe our young viewers who don't know what that means? Well, here's the deal for the young viewers is that I don't really even know exactly what that means. Mm. But it's just a very cool sounding word. I think it kind of means... Do you want me to look it up? You might need to look it up. Okay. Have you Have you tried Urban Dictionary? Have you researched this? Like, okay, have you seen it somewhere? Oh, Effervescent? Well, yeah, I've heard it. Giving off bubbles fizzy or vivacious and enthusiastic. See, there we go. That's good. I like that. So you that's like good. vivacious. I do. Yeah, that's you know? good. That's I, good. I like that. I like that. A little fizz, a little bubble, <laughs> a little, yeah. you know, it, it brings life. A little it shows spice. that something's there. Yeah, you know? I like it. You don't, it. you don't want to live a boring life, right? True. You want to live an effervescent life. True. Mm. Like okay, that. so next question. We're staying light for now. What's your idea of a great party? Okay, honestly, my idea of a great party is not a lot of people. I like to keep it small. I don't. Small and close. Yeah, small and close. I want, you know, if you're going to be there and show up, then I want to actually know you. I want to be able to talk to you and actually care. Not that I don't like, you know, talking to me and new people, but if we're talking about this is my perfect party. This is a party like I'm going to have the most fun at. It's not going to be entertaining people. It's going to be just chilling, hanging out with people, playing games, um, eating food, stuff like that with a small group of people in my house. Large group of people's people, peoples. I don't even know what I'm saying. They're great, but um, there's always that pressure to entertain people, which is a good thing, right? And it makes you a great host and it makes your guests feel really welcome. But ideally... If I'm not having to entertain and I can just hang out with people I really love and enjoy, um, card games, I love playing games, maybe some sports, maybe a nice movie, um, brownies, cookies, ice cream, you know, keep it, keep it light, keep it fun, nothing crazy. I like it. I'm down. You know what also I feel like is like a good sign of like true friendship is when you don't feel the need to entertain I 100 because you're agree. it's kind of like how you know your true friends if you can sit in comfortable silence yep. it's like if you don't feel the need to like exert energy then it's like you know yeah. that you've like got a real one and i think ideally good friendships shouldn't be taking energy from you right right they should be giving life back and right. giving energy back and these are the people you want to hang out with a lot then i would hope that after hanging out with them, you're right. not drained in every way that you're actually 
um, a little bit lifted up. By well, and I think that's also a good way to sense if you're like compatible with somebody as a friend in general. Yeah. It's just like how you feel after you hang out with them. Not necessarily that you'd have to feel like in a negative way, just if you're drained or not. If yeah. you feel like you're exerting a lot or not. All right, Josh. For sure, for sure. I have a different perspective, but it's because like I do agree with you. I like small gatherings, but then I just love the idea of just even inviting your outside group of friends, like still people you talk to, into like maybe a party of like 30 or 50 people. And you just like rave in some sort of like venue area, like personally right. for me. <laughs> no, like that's fun. Like just playing music, you know, having drinks, alcoholic, non-alcoholic is your preference. I don't care. Um... <laughs> Just like nice food, you know, maybe like waiters that have like, you know, those things in those art shows that give like, what do you call those? Um, like the uh, orders? Um, an amuse-bouche, oh, as I'm one might say. I don't that. I don't okay. think I've ever been to one of those. Anyway, so it's like what they've shown in art shows. So it's like those things. Okay. It's like, okay. I just like also having fun and going out, but I do like a nice like small get together, playing nice board games and just like, you know, enjoying each other's time with your closest friends. I also like that too. Sure, sure. So I like both, ex- no, not extremes, I, I think, just like both. I think both are enjoyable. Yeah. I think it's just a different mindset, and I think that for me personally, I would just enjoy a bit of a smaller group of people. But I think either way, it'd be a great time. Okay. Um, okay, let's let's dive in a, dip, a, a bit deeper. Let's dip in the deep waters. Okay. Um, I'm you, ready. If you're, you can answer this if you want. I just thought of it. Um, like just now? No, like we're professionals. Um, right, right, for sure, for sure. So Nielsen, what is your biggest insecurity, and how did you overcome them, or what are ways you're doing right now to overcome? If it? you ask me this, I would sure as heck not answer it on the podcast. It's like this is a uh, yeah. After listening to the first few episodes, this seems a little bit, <laughs> a little bit uh, deeper, but we're just diving in. I like it. I like it. Biggest insecurity and how to overcome it, I think, was, and this is going to sound very, very simple, but I think it's the insecurity of do people actually like me and like hanging out with me? And not necessarily because of what I can bring or what I do or how I act or, hey, are we affiliated with like, a sports league, or we, do we go to the same school, or are we a part of the same friend group? But actually, like, do people like want to hang out with me, want to do stuff with me, get to know who I am as a person? And I think just growing up, I always people would always say that you know, hey, I love hanging out with you, or hey, you're one of my really good friends. And it would take me, it would it would be a a leap for me to get to that point where I believed that fully in a sense. And so I think there was always a doubt in my mind, like, I think just self-esteem in general has just been a journey because I think that, I think this goes for a lot of people, but you have a hard time sometimes believing the good things people say about you because, I mean, what do we say all the time? Your biggest critic is yourself, right? So I'm over here. Truth. I'm hearing all these things from other people, right? All this, hey, encouragement, positive feedback, and I'm still struggling to believe that because the things I'm choosing to believe about myself that coming from me are drowning out the rest of that. And those are mainly negative just because I have a hard time believing, well, are they saying that to be nice? Are they saying that because they have to be? And so I think it goes both ways in terms of when you overcome that and you say, well, 
don't care what people think, right? Don't listen to what other people think. I think that goes both ways because in a sense that's true because really at the end of the day, you have to be the person that's affirming yourself, right? Positive self-talk's a huge thing. So you have to really enjoy yourself, your own company, knowing that, hey, this is what I bring to the table. This is what people like about me. These are my qualities. These are my characteristics that make me special. And... And I think a lot of times, you know, as a Christian myself, it also comes from, you know, asking what the Lord is saying about you, um, saying, hey, my identity is in him and I'm not going to go to all these other people for affirmation because I know who I am. And it's not because of what I do or anything else. It's just because of who I am. And so I think that's a big thing for me is, you know, choosing to believe what he says about me and also what I know should be true about myself. But also I think if you get some really good friends and people you trust, you can choose to believe what they say about you. You can trust the people that you're closest to. And I know in my life I have a few really good friends that if they say something about me, good or bad, like I'm going to take it for real. And so whether that's encouragement or constructive criticism or anything. And so just being careful that your self-esteem and your worth isn't built on just what other people are saying about you. But also, if there's encouragements and things and good people in your life you trust, then take those things and really just think on them and know that really all of us have certain characteristics. All of us bring certain things to the table. And I mean, here's the deal. like. Friendships are so important, but also a lot of us, we think about ourselves most of the time. We don't even necessarily think about other people. And so, and so just to wrap up, basically what I'm saying is I, my biggest insecurity for the longest time has been what other people are saying about me and can I believe the good things that they're saying about me? And my advice or my, at least I would say, how I've learned to overcome that. And it's obviously a process still, but it's taking everything that everybody says, what you know about yourself, what the Lord has said about you and taking it all and then being able to reflect on it, dissect it for yourself so that you figure out the truth of it. And so you're not believing anything just because someone else says it, but you're believing it because it's actually true. And you've actually taken time to sort and think through the things. Do you know, I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying how, since I'm such a words of affirmation person, I wish like people's negative comments, but also their positive comments didn't have so much weight on my life. Yeah. Like I kind of wish that I wasn't like seeking that out so much, but also that when they said something to me, it wasn't like affecting my life in a drastic way because like I knew who I was yep. and like their comments were just like the cherry on top. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm like, sometimes I feel like if you don't know yourself or like you said, like you have like a low self-esteem, it's like people's comments have so much weight rather than it just being like a cherry on top, you know, like something that you could kind of take if you wanted to or you could leave it. It's like it affects you so drastically. And I told her, I'm like, I wish that people's comments didn't have so much power over me. They were just kind of something I could like take or leave if I wanted to it wasn't like they like defined me or anything so I agree and I think that goes back to 
what are the people that are closest to you in your life saying about you? Because the people that don't know you very well, right? The people that you consider friends, but maybe not close friends, maybe not people you talk to all the time. I think you just take or leave those comments, mm -hmm. right? And you don't necessarily dwell on them or think on them much. The people you're closest to, the people that have your best interests in mind that actually mm -hmm. care about you day in and day out, that's something you can kind of take and say, okay, like, what are they saying here? Like, maybe right. this means something. But I definitely agree with you that everything that's said about you and that you think about yourself, really, man, if it's just predicated on what other people are saying, right. then that is going to fluctuate day in and day out. And you're never going to have any sense of sustainability in terms of how you view yourself. And so that's why I think it's important to search for those things yourself and really just take ownership of every thought that comes in your head about who you are and what about other people are saying about you because you it's important to build a sustainable confidence and self-esteem yes. in yourself that isn't dependent yes. on other people and what they're saying yes. and also i like what you said obviously because we're all christian um mm -hmm. how you saying we most I'm primarily should <laughs> we should primarily find our like our identity in christ yeah because even though it's like good to have like those close friends um even those that share the same beliefs as you sure. um but it sometimes gets confusing because you're surrounded by so many people saying so many different things about you. Yep. And it just gets overwhelming sometimes. And I have those experiences where it's just like one way or another, either it's with a, have, catching up with someone I haven't talked to in like five years and they're saying these things about me. And then like someone who I hang out daily and they see say these things about me. Sometimes they go together, sometimes they don't. And it sometimes makes you questions like, am I really this person or that person? Even though like I should trust that person, like the person that I'm closest to, sometimes that still lingers and it causes confusion. Yep. Because then you start to get lost in translations, like who said this? Because you're overwhelmed with so much information about yourself. Absolutely. So that's why it's crucial to find or to build that solid foundation of your identity, mostly in Christ. So. I okay. Agree. So I next question is, what is one thing about yourself you feel like you don't get enough credit for, or people people overlook? Wow, these are fantastic questions. Maggie asked me this question in the last podcast too. Really? Yeah. So this has been answered before in the podcast. <laughs> um, it's a good question. Also, it gives you time to like brag on yourself, which I love. <laughs> okay, so what is something you so, felt like you got more credit for, or you felt? What like is one thing about yourself you feel like you don't get enough credit for, or or people overlook? I think this is tough because I never want to, you know, obviously be the person that's like, oh, I deserve more credit for this or, hey, you're overlooking like my skills in this area because I do feel like people recognize like the things I'm doing and the skills I have. And so Hmm. That's a really good question. I'm going to be honest. I think in a lot of it in my life, I have kind of felt that way in terms of a lot growing up. I didn't get credit for certain things, um, particularly in school, just kind of doing the most in terms of like academically versus, you know, I knew other people around me that didn't necessarily do the same thing, but almost got the same results, um, went to similar colleges and got similar accolades and rewards. And so I think growing up that definitely affected me, but I think my perspective changed. And I think even what we talked about before, um, 
it kind of goes along with what people say about you, which is also the whole comparison game we like to play as humans and figuring out where I measure up in terms of not to other people, but just to myself. So where was I compared to where I was a year ago? And so there's things I've felt like I haven't gotten credit before in my life. Um, academically, um, certain little things I did um, where I worked or in school that I was like, hey, I'd like to be recognized for this. And I'm not necessarily be recognized in that way. Or even just, you know, growing up, always told you're a really logical thinker. You're really good at the math and sciences um, and not necessarily the art side of things and the musical side and the emotional side. And I do think that the emotional side of me is one of my greatest assets and the way I think and the way I see things in my perspective. And so I think just naturally people, right, it's easier to label people and to put people in a box in terms of mm -hmm. this is what I think they are than to actually oh, yeah. get to know somebody and know this is a person. This isn't just you're a, what your job is, right? Well, and like getting to know their different assets fully. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and getting to know, hey, like the skills that don't come up on a resume or the skills that aren't celebrated or the skills that you don't get a gold trophy for, like those type things. And you really have to get to know somebody to get there. And so it takes that perspective change from why am I really doing any of this? Am I doing it to find favor with other people to get that credit that I always deserved or I thought I deserved? Or is it, I just really want to be a better person, right? I want to be a better person than the people around me. I want to be a better person for myself. Um, I think as a Christian, you want to honor and glorify God in what you do. You're not doing it for the people around you. You're doing it for him. And I think also, I think we could compare ourselves to people forever. And I think that's what I used to do. And life isn't fair and i don't think it was ever meant to be fair mm -hmm. the only thing we really i think have control over is how am i doing compared to what i used to be doing yes and that's the most important thing yeah flat out and so that's what i've always done um or i wouldn't say always done i've always compared myself to people but i think recently it's i want to make progress and if no one knew about it mm -hmm. would it still be worth it to yes. me yes yep. that's what i want to know at the end of the day I saw a thing that was like, um, it was like a quote along the lines of like, I'm most proud of the things that like no one else knows about. Yeah. And I feel like that's like highly true in my life, but it's like, it's Im really important to get to that place where like you said, like you are like proud of yourself compared to like your old self and you don't necessarily need other people to hear about that yeah. or know about that to feel like validated from it so yeah yep get that i love it honestly i have nothing to say that was a really good answered question um but i can have a question um if you could give advice to your 16 year old self what would it be this is pretty easy i will say and i do love this question because it forces you to think about the ways you've grown mm -hmm. and the ways you've developed and so i'm 22 right now and so that's what six years ago I think the biggest thing I would say is have a little patience. I think, and man, I feel like these questions all tie together, but it's back to comparing yourself to other people and specifically comparing yourself to other people's timelines and when things are supposed to happen. And so I think from a cultural perspective and the societal perspective, 
we often look at each other and we look to culture to determine when are we supposed to hit certain milestones in our life and when are we supposed to do certain things. So we're told we're supposed to go to school through 12th grade. We're supposed to go through high school. Um, probably around 18 is when we graduate. Then we're supposed to go to college, right? And get a yeah. degree in something. Um, we're also supposed to date people. We're supposed to try to find a partner during that time. We're supposed to play sports and we're supposed to do extracurricular activities. And then we're supposed to be pursuing a degree and then get a job after that or get a job during that and make money. And then we're supposed to get married and we're supposed to have kids. And it seems like more or less a set path. And I think even more now that's becoming more blurred in terms of people are realizing that there's a lot of different paths you can take that, hey, I don't have to go to college. Or hey, if I don't finish high school, I can get a GED. Or I can start working when I'm really young. Or I can do a lot more school and I can wait to work. Or hey, I don't have to get married really young. Like I can wait a little bit. And I think that that's starting to break down and I think that's a good thing. But I also think there's still a lot of pressure, especially from peers and people around you to do certain things at certain times. And if you're not doing X, Y, and Z by age, whatever, then you're behind. And so we compare ourselves to people because we think we're behind in life because we haven't done certain things, right? So the first person I ever dated, I didn't date her until I was a sophomore in college. A lot of people would say, hey, the first person I dated was in middle school, right? Or high school or right in college. And I think for me, there was a lot of pressure just to date somebody just because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. I thought, man, I'm already at that point, probably like 20 years old. Um, why haven't I been going out with someone? And so I think the reality of it is that every person's different. We know this. Every timeline is different. And some people are just meant to do things at certain times. And if you compare yourself to people, like I said, you only need to be comparing yourself to how you were before. Because if you look to the left and right, you're gonna say, hey, I'm behind because I haven't gotten accepted into college yet, or I'm not playing all these sports, or I don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend. And then you're just gonna feel crappy about yourself. When in reality, maybe that's not your path. Maybe that's not what you're supposed to be doing right now. So if I could say anything to my 16 year old self, it's stop comparing yourself to other people based on what you think you should be doing. Because what is what we're supposed to be doing. Who's to tell us that anyway, right? Except for ourselves and then for me, the Lord. And so if that's, if, if this pressure is coming from someone, especially someone I don't even know, especially someone on social media, especially someone in my class that we're not really friends, that we don't talk, then why do I care if I'm quote unquote behind in something? Um, let me take my time, right? Life's a long game. Life's not a sprint. A lot of people rush through it and they come out and they're about the same place as the rest of us that may have done things a little bit later. And so I think patience is huge. I think in a culture where patience isn't valued as much and boldness and go-getters and rushing into things is more common, I think it's good to just step back, wait, make good decisions and take a little bit more time through life because a lot of these decisions are huge, mm -hmm. especially when you're young. And so take a little time with that and don't worry about 
where you're at compared to other people. Just worry about yourself. So what you said is literally, this is one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. And right when you're talking about it, I pulled it up and it says, you are not behind in life. There's no schedule or timetable that we all must follow. It's all made up. Wherever you are right now is exactly where you need to be. Seven billion people can't do everything in exactly the same schedule or order. We are all different with a variety of needs and goals. Some get married early, some get married late, while others don't get married at all. What is early? What is late? Compared with whom? Compared with what? Some want children, others don't. Some want a career. Others enjoy taking care of a house and children. Your life is not on anyone else's schedule. Don't beat yourself up for where you are right now. It's your timeline, not anyone else's, and nothing is off schedule. I love it. Yep. That's so true. It's so true. Okay. Who's next asking the questions? Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. So now we're into some fun questions, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Those are pretty fun. Um, is it more important to help yourself, help your family, help your society, or help the world? Okay, before you answer this, Maggie and I answered it already to Okay, ourselves. I know, but let him answer yeah. first, and then we'll share. And we'll share our perspectives. We're all going to be different, yeah. I guarantee you. I don't know. Do you need it again? So yourself, your family, your society, okay. or... The world. The last one? The world. And society, I'm assuming you're talking about, like, your country or the people you interact with. What's the difference between that and the world? I'm, I feel like society to me is... Um, are, are you talking about societies and people in the world as in like the physical world? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm sure that's what it means. Is that... You think so? Yeah. I if mean, we, you can technically interpret it however you want, but I I'm assuming so. that's what it means. I think if we take it that way, then... I, I'll say your family. I think obviously you try to help all of them, but I think... If you talk about influence, the people you spend the most time with are going to be the people you influence the most and vice versa, who you're influenced by. And so I think if you're trying to just help yourself while well, it's important, I think we're not placed in this world with 8 billion other people to just help ourselves. So I say your family because really, um, I heard this one time, it's, uh, I think it's called Dunbar's number. I might have to research that. But it's something to the effect of you really only have influence on about 150 people, right? And that's just like acquaintances. And then you really only have, it's somewhere around 15 people that you can actually like ha be really good friends with. Like you have the capacity to actually invest in. And so I think along those lines, it is, and can you give me the question one more time? Just the beginning of it. Yeah, so is it more important to help yourself, help your family, help your society, or help the world? Okay, so if we're talking about helping people, then help looks like a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But I think the best form of help is the f place where it's actually sustainable. It's right. We love to help people, but a lot of times we don't like to follow up. And a lot of times that help actually doesn't help people because a lot of people need consistent follow-up, right? Um, you give them one thing, right? You give them one material thing or you give them a few hours of your time one time. We know that's going to do some good, but not a lot. And so if you really want to help someone, I think it has to be continual and it has to be on a consistent basis. Help. The word help also reminds me of like come alongside mm -hmm. of and not just kind of like a come and go thing. Yeah. Like if you're actually helping someone, you're like coming alongside them and like 
genuinely like taking some of that weight off of their shoulders. Yes, and exactly. And right. And so help is not something, at least in my opinion, we want to just check off a box in that sense. Mm-hmm. It's that actually come alongside someone like you're saying and be there to support somebody, not just give them something, not just give them a little time or give them something material. But hey, I'm here for you. That's the kind of help that I think I'd want. And I think a lot of people would want if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. And so if you can really only do that and invest that time, the limited time and resources we have into just a few people, then I think your family would be the number one place you would look because that's where you have the most influence. And that's where you can really invest your resources with that few amount of people. For me personally, it's like you said, like if you had the choice of like helping one person, right. And changing their life and like coming alongside them or helping like, you know, hundreds of people. But like you said, it was just this kind of like not really connection come and go. You know, I would prefer to like help the one person. You know what I mean? And like genuinely build a relationship with them. Because I think in the long run, that's more worthwhile than just like kind of a come and go opportunity. I agree. I agree. I mean, for me, I said society. That's what I said, right? Mm -hmm. Because the way I view the question, I guess it's like, I answered society, but the processes in order to reach that goal I want to help out, it's more of like, here's how I thought. Here's how I thought. So like you be an outport to someone else, like a small group of people. And then like you train them, you be there with them, you be like an outport. So that way when their glasses fall, hopefully also with um, the Holy Spirit, then they could branch out and help the rest of the people in society around them. That's fair. So it's like more of that end goal kind of yeah. thing. But if it comes to, like, then it'll be, like, a small group of people. So, like, friends and family. And that's the thing. I think we're on the same page there is that I think the best way to help society at large is by helping a few people and then letting that spread. Because when we, when we try to help everyone, there's such a level of depth we cannot reach. Yes, absolutely. It's just physically impossible. And so you pour into a few people, then those people are equipped to pour out into more people, and then you have more of a ripple effect versus, okay, I'm going to try to help everyone, but that's just not possible, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I see where you're coming from. I like that. Who's asking the next question? You. So, Nielsen, we had this conversation in Panera, and I hope you're going to answer this the way that you answered it in Panera, or even better. Um, How do you feel about influencer marketing, especially at this time where social media is at its peak? This, yeah. So this is one of my favorite topics to discuss. And I think, I mean, all this goes back to what we've already talked about, which is crazy. But it's, I'm big on taking ownership of your thoughts, of your things, of stewarding what you have, and being responsible for your own life instead of putting it in other people's hands. And obviously we understand that there's circumstances out of our control, but I think a lot of people tend to blame something besides themselves whereas that doesn't necessarily matter all the time because you're the one that still has to deal with it and that's the hard truth and that kind of sucks but it is what it is and so when we talk about and remind it's the questions about influencer marketing is that our discussion yes okay so i feel like i feel like we might buy on this topic i don't know it depends on where you go but i'm like i'm also very strong about this kind of stuff well and so i'll say i'll start with a little bit and then we can kind of 
discuss it. I don't want to just. <laughs> I don't want us to say something and then um, not give you guys a chance to respond. But for me, influencer marketing, I don't think is a negative or positive thing. I think it's a reality of culture today that people love celebrity. They love celebrity culture. Amen. And I think the reality is, is people a lot of times want to be influenced. They may not say that, but they want to be recommended a product or. Hey, we, ha we have we have a Spotify, for instance, that's recommending all these songs. Hey, you should listen to this or Netflix recommending what you should watch. And we like that. We want it because it's more convenient and it's less work for us to actually think about what we want. That's a sense I think that is key to this whole discussion mm -hmm. is that it takes a lot longer and it takes a lot more time and energy to think about what we want versus someone's recommending this. Someone's telling us to do this. And so we want this sense of freedom and we want this sense of I'm making my own decisions and my life's what I make it. And then we end up listening to just what other people are saying. Mm -hmm. And we take what they're saying. We don't even think about it. We just take it at face value mm -hmm. and assume it's true. And obviously, are you talking, go ahead. Yeah. Are you talking like more about like products people recommend or like a bigger picture of like this is the lifestyle you should have or like stuff like that? I think what I'm talking about is a little bit broader in the okay. sense that, and it's more of like a fact more of that, a is it kind of more of like a life to envy or something you should want like celebrities' houses or their money like are you going that broad or just like what celebrities like recommend as small as like a product recommendation? I think it's more broad. Okay. And I think along the lines of what you're saying, it's not necessarily hey, this is the life you should envy. This mm -hmm. is what you should want to ascribe to. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that we don't know what we want. We just want what they have. Well, I think we're flat out seeing too much. Yeah. And oh, I think that's the yeah. issue with social media in general is we just know too much and we're seeing too much. Yep. And so it's like when you're constantly bombarded with, I mean, you can get so much information about every single person's life from social media that it's like, yeah, of course, you know, you're not fully gonna. And that's the thing. It's when we see all these influencers and these people that are literally, and not that this is a bad thing, but the word influencer, it's literally to get somebody to do yeah. something, right? It's to change their thought patterns or at least shift it in a way that they'll perform a desired outcome or action. And so is that not necessarily bad in itself, but it's the fact that do we as people want or have the ability to take what these recommenders are recommending, right? These influencers are promoting and decide whether we want to buy this product or sign up for this membership or do this thing without actually thinking about whether we want to do it and how it would look in our lives. And is this something I wanna do because I actually wanna do it or because this person's doing it? And so I, I personally do it. think that society has corrupted our entire brains. Okay. Because I, okay, so I was really thinking about this the other day. So you know how if you're like a girl, well, this obviously could be for a guy too, I'm not gonna stereotype, but like, if you're a girl and you're struggling a lot with body image, right? Yeah. Where is your like, oh, this is the perfect body come from? Normally, it's like celebrities, right? right. Or like society's ideal 
you know, idolized. Well, first of all, it's like, where does that come from? And second of all, there was a quote that said, like, celebrities can't even live up to, like, the ideal body. No. Right? Because they have to Photoshop yep. or... So it's like, what? where has that come from in the first place? Who's controlling it? And it's like, if the people that you thought were the ideal body type, for instance, aren't even that, then it's like... I think sometimes society, I've, I've realized it kind of puts a filter on people almost. And it's really hard to kind of like remove the filter or kind of be able to see yeah. like from the outside of it. Yep. Because if you start, it's easy to slump back into like those thoughts or those patterns. But I think it's kind of cool if you can break out of it a little bit and be like, okay, why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Or it's like, why am I, you know, where did these things come from? Where did these standards come from? You know, and it's like, why are we all thinking this way? It's kind of creepy to me a little bit. Just thinking of the way, like you said, people are so influenced. And it's like, where does that even come from? Where do all these standards even come from? Because you think the people who, like, started the standards, well, they can't even, like, live up to the standards. Yeah. So. And I think that's the whole thing, what you're talking about with celebrity culture, is that what's not important is the person anymore. It's the brand. It's yeah. whatever is created. And so, yes, we understand that, hey, like these models, what you actually seeing is mm-hmm. something that's never actually there. It's something mm-hmm. that's fabricated and made because people want it. And I think that's the other thing is that a lot of times we blend society and culture for certain things and we don't point at ourselves and look at ourselves and yes. say, okay, but is this actually what I want? Am I feeding into this? Right. Because I think a lot of people decry these standards and specifically if you talk about in the beauty industry, right? That, okay, why isn't, why aren't certain things celebrated? Why mm-hmm. do you have to fit a certain mold to be beautiful? Mm-hmm. But then are we, even subconsciously as a society, do we want that, right? Are there things inside of us that, hey, maybe we don't want what's real and maybe we don't wanna see what's actually there. Maybe mm-hmm. we want something that's fabricated. And so I think it goes both ways there because I think the rise of influencer marketing is because people have enabled a culture of doing that. Mm -hmm. They're saying, I want a lifestyle that doesn't actually exist, but I'm also not willing to take it apart and look at what's real because I like how this looks and I'm not willing to think about an alternative. I think all of that stuff also has to deal with comparing yourself to people or wanting to impress people. Because there's certain things in my life where I'm like, oh, if it was just me, I think about this all the time. I'm like, if it was just me, I would be happy in this area. But then if you, if it's with other people or stuff, I'm like, oh, I need to change that. Or, oh, I need to do that differently. You know what I mean? To almost like, not even impress people, but like be good enough for people. But I'm like, if I just had to live with myself my whole life, I'm like, good. You know what I mean? On certain areas. But I'm like, oh, well, if I have to get married to someone or date someone, well, then I have to tweak this because I'm afraid I won't be good enough for them. You know? And it's like, I feel like a lot of that stuff has to do with like wanting kind of like outward attention from it. And I think that's the thing is that am I doing certain things in my life because of me because I want to do it for the people around me. I don't think that's a bad, I don't think it's a bad thing to get dressed up for a date night. 
I don't think it's a bad thing to want to look impressive for certain people. But I think the problem becomes is when you shift that into, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to be doing it, not I want to do this for another person or I want to do this for myself. And then it's this thing where it's, I'm supposed to be doing this because I want to fit in or because it's what culture is dictating. And in reality, it's like you're saying, it's like these certain images that are portrayed or these certain standards that are portrayed don't actually exist, but yet because that's what the story is and because that's what we're all looking for, we're all looking for something to model after, right? Because, and I'm not saying this as a blanket statement. I think there's definitely people that actually look at the truth of things and can discern what's real and what's fake here. But for a lot of us, it's just so much more convenient to just look at someone else's doing and follow after that. Also, though, it's hard because it's it's like everyone is under this blanket. So it's like it's it's not just like, oh, social media. It seems that everyone is under this blanket. So it's easy. It's easier said than done. Yeah. It's easy to like one second be like, oh, I can see that makes sense. I can see how this isn't real. But then it's like you just kind of fall back into it because that's kind of what a lot of people are doing, you know, or everyone's doing. Yeah. And you're right. We're seeing things constantly. We're bombarded with so many messages every day Mm -hmm. saying you should do this. You should try this. This is what I did. Hey, it'll work for you. And so we see so much now and we consume so much information and media that, yeah, it's hard to figure out, hey, like, what am I actually thinking about all this? What do I actually think? There's so much less time to reflect because we're always looking for more information. Well, and here's the thing. If you always try to do, right, like what society says, and I I guess I don't mean society as, like, people so much. I think of it as, like, standards or, like, you know, these unrealistic, I don't know, ideas or something, but it's, like, you will never be good enough. And that's the truth because I saw something the other day and it was like, if you're like, it's like, it's like you can't have it all, but it's like, if you try to become one thing, well then you still don't have something else. And it's like this, like you're never, the, the truth is you will never be good enough for society standards. You won't because it's like, you can't be. And that's the thing. They're just so unrealistic that it's like, you can't be that way. It's impossible because if you make up something, then it's obviously unattainable. You'll right. never reach exactly. what was never there in the first right. place. And so a lot of times I think we talk about society and we talk about it as like robotic. But we I mean, society we is We are just, society. We are society. And right? that's the issue. But it's I just think it's, people. But I think it is becoming robotic, though. I think... It is, but at the same time, what is society? People. In the so sense that like, a lot of times we say society as in this thing that's distant from yes. us instead of a part of but us. But also we're feeding into it. And yeah. that's the issue. Well, we create society. Yes, as exactly. But then like it goes back to what you're saying. It's because we're so we're bombarded. We're in an era where we're so, we're so much information mm-hmm. is so easily accessible. Yeah. So like the first thing it's like, oh, this person with 50 million followers says this is the right yep. thing or this product will help you with your hair growth or something like that. Then might as well just do it instead of doing the research on your own and finding all of these other like products that could have been much better and much cheaper. Sure. Mm-hmm. Instead of paying more expensive for just the exact same mm-hmm. or even worse. Yeah. And I think if you have people that are influencers based on their knowledge and expertise, Mm -hmm. that's a different story than people that are just famous 
for yeah. whatever reason that's not related to the product. And like that's what I said. Like I said this with Nielsen a while ago when we were in Panera. I said, let's say I do become an influencer. Yeah. Or I do have like a high, fo- high following in the future, depending if it's like through this podcast or something else. I would only I would only endorse products that I know and I believe yes. that are true and that work. Because like there's a lot of like YouTubers and just a lot of influencers and just a lot of celebrities that just do like the fit tees or something like that yeah. because they give them like a fifteen million dollar contract. Yeah. And they lose sight of like, no, this is supposed to show value. Mm-hmm. And that's what's scary about it too. Is because if you're if you're providing your like listeners or your viewers like, oh, this certain product will give you this certain result and mm-hmm. it doesn't give it to them, that breaks trust between you and your mm-hmm. viewers. Right. So that's why I told Nielsen, it's just like we have to it's good as like influencers, yes, it's a good way of marketing, but we shouldn't lose sight if like that type of marketing doesn't pr- produce like good results. Okay, so this is our last question. Um, is it possible for humans to create something completely novel and new that is based on nothing that previously existed, or is human creativity just rearranging and building on previous ideas? Wow. This is a great question, and I don't think I've one I've ever really discussed before. It's my belief that there's nothing new in the sense that in the sense that we're taking something or making an idea or an invention or anything that isn't drawn from something that's already been there. So it's not like we're taking something from a void or nothingness and creating something. I think that ideas are naturally just built off each other, right? We've heard these stories before um, of people that have invented things, right? The person that got the credit is just the person that perfected an idea that already existed. So, I mean, we can even go to something as simple as Columbus, right? Sailing. And the crazy thing is, is that Columbus wasn't the first person to make travels, Mm -hmm. right? But he gets the credit for being the first person to sail the ocean just because he was the one that did it, the one that got in the history books, the one that basically put himself out there and made his name famous. And so a lot of these inventions and things, their ideas have already been there before and we're just building off of them. And so I think in that sense, there's nothing really new. It's just we're taking things that have already been there in the past and using them to create new things. And we like to give credit to specific people for doing that when really there's teams, hundreds, thousands of people that are responsible for the things that are created. Which is unfortunate. I think so. And I feel like, no, I agree with you. We can create something from nothing because we don't have that power. Right. And like when it comes to laws and like universal laws and stuff like that, like we take certain aspects of it and make it truth sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like we truly can't have like our own idea mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I'm pretty sure I had this conversation in my um, one of my college courses, Comp 303. Yeah. So it was really good. But yes, we can't make... Comp 303, s- like writing class? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Well... Anyway, um, thank, thank you, you so Nelson, much, Nielsen. Thank you, for being on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. These are really good questions. Definitely wasn't expecting them. I know, but, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I love a good car talk. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So. No, but like, you get it, right? 
Do I get it? Uh, do I get it? The oh yeah, I do. Like I mean, these are conversations I'd have going on a night drive or on a road trip or just you know. See in a guys, car for a he bit. gets so, it. I get it. I get it. It's the best kind of conversations, I will say. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.